Well, hello to everyone. This is the Gut Check with Cesar Gomez, and I'm super excited today to bring you more gut checks. And you guys might ask, why is it the gut check? Because one of the things we've done is every person that comes in as a guest or myself when I upload any new episodes, the things that you want to look out for is the personal experiences, the lessons through the journey of entrepreneurship, through different careers, and for you to be able to listen to them and resonate through your personal experiences. And that's what the gut check is. And with that, let's get this ball rolling. Hello, this is the Gut Check with Cesar Gomez, and today we have Delilah, the CEO and founder of Free Soul Fitness. Thank you for having me, and this is the first time doing this, so I'm a little nervous. It's okay. It's always, you know, one of the things is you got to remember nobody's watching. Yeah. So, and, and at the end of the day, um, one of the things is, uh, <laughs> and we are recording it, so they will be watching <laughs> in the future. They're just um, not watching yeah. it right now. They're not watching right now. It's not live, so... <laughs> We could cut that piece off. And there, I'm, like, I'm still getting recorded. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. We could cut it off. No, dude, this is great. Do it like this. <laughs> so, you know, just, just you know, being in the fitness world, um, being able to be an entrepreneur as well, kind of share a little bit of your upbringings. Where, where were you born? Where were you raised? When did you realize, like, you know, I have that entre- entrepreneur spirit? Um, okay, so I grew up in Fontana, and I'm the only girl, and I have um, three brothers, and I have two older brothers and a little brother, and so, um, and my parents came from um, pretty much really hard lives and broken families, drugs, and stuff, and so um, I learned at a young age that, um, like, humility at a very young age, and my parents always told us, like, remember where you came from, and my parents did their best to try to, like, protect us from the things that they went through when they were young and their their biggest goal was um to keep us away from drugs and to keep us in school to get us pretty much even just your high school diploma because that was survival for them what they had to do in life and so um and then growing up in Fontana too um you know you you can't so I had I was in school and I was pretty I've always been a pretty smart girl but um I also had some street smarts growing up there (laughs) Of course, shout outs to Fontana. I'm from from Rialto, so I could relate. (laughs) And so, um, and what I, but I, what I love about Fontana is that like everybody is very, very down to earth. And so like the the friends you become friends with, sometimes you stay friends for life, you know, and nobody's ever trying to be something that they're not in. So that's what you grow up like. You grow up knowing that you cannot be fake, like oh, yeah. <laughs> when you're from the the Fontana Rialto. Uh, absolutely, you stand out like a sore thumb. Yeah, you. it's like, are you down? And you're not down, then you're not down for nothing. That's it. <laughs> they, they put you on the spot for yeah. sure. They do. Yeah, I remember those days. So there's a little gangster side, but um, <laughs> but we yeah. all have it. You see, it comes Except out for me because I'm I'm yeah. a cowboy. Yeah, you're a cowboy. I'm proper. You, you, you won't get it, Joe. You're, you're <laughs> <laughs> I mean. But, um, yeah, so growing up with brothers and then, um, and just knowing that, like, I had to, I always had to kind of be like, uh, be more strong with my voice because if I didn't, then I would, my brothers were like, and my dad was, it was like more of a male dominated family, you know? So, and it was always like girls were, um, like, it was more like I was supposed to be like quiet, you know, like that's how my dad kind of raised me, but he also did raise me to be very strong and just what he grew up with. He always told me as a little girl, like, um, 
you know, life's really hard. You got to be strong. You got to be tough. And so he taught me that at a really young age. And so I never grew up the, the, the only girl that everybody thinks like, oh, you're the daddy's princess. I never grew up like that. Like my dad was always like showing me like how to change the oil and then like how to like, and he, and he was really, really strict with me and really stern with me and always made me feel like, um, like to pre- prepare me for life. And so, and I, when I was little, I didn't realize it, but now I'm so thankful because I feel like a lot of my strength has come from him too, from him being like that with me. So that's awesome because you know, those key, the way, the way where, where we evolve is because how our upbringings, mm-hmm. I always say our upbringings have a lot to do with how we are as adults and, yeah. and it's up to us to either continue those ways or adjust them. You know? so, yeah. So they helped you on your entrepreneur um, journey. Yeah, and so, like, the entrepreneur side, um, it kind of came from, like, I, I was sharing with you guys a little bit earlier um, that when I was little, I I purchased a bunch of, well, I didn't purchase it. I went to the store, and I got nail files and nail polish, and I told, I got my little neighbor. She was my little bestie, and I said, her name was Sylvia, and I was like, Sylvia, we're going to start a, a manicure business, and we're going to go to all the ladies, and we're going to, um, and we're going to offer them, like, in the neighborhood, we're going to offer them manicures and pedicures, and now when I, th- I was like, that's so nasty. Like, I think about it now. <laughs> but like, so my parents only bought me a few pieces of stuff. And so I, her parents were, had a trucking business. So they were more well off than my family, you know? And so like, um, I told her, I was like, go to your mom and tell her like, that you need to get an electric nail file, that you need all this stuff. So I was trying to like bribe her and gain more equipment. Cause I couldn't, my, I couldn't ask my mom for anything else, you know? <laughs> She's like, yeah, 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 I'll do it. And then like, she backed out on me and I was all mad. I was like, oh, why? And I was, honestly, Caesar, I truly believe like this was going to like happen. And I was like so down to like start this business. <laughs> and I was, I was nine at the time. Wow. I was nine years old. And so like, I feel, I, I guess I didn't know that I was an entrepreneur, entrepreneur mindset then, but yeah, it was developing at that very young age. So. And, it, and it's so awesome to be able to, you know, be in our stage of our life today and be able to reflect on the things that we were doing as, as, you know, as, when we were young, when we we're younger, young adults, teenagers, the things we were doing already had the signs of entrepreneurship, but we didn't understand them, mm-hmm. or we didn't have anybody to uh, point them out or express them that we had those type of qualities and, and skill sets because they're skill sets and yeah. they, and that drive because it's the same thing with me and like we were talking, I was sharing my story with you or, or mm-hmm. earlier. It's I didn't identify them till later in my life. Yeah. And I, and I feel like, um, cause I was always really driven and I always wanted to like, um, I always wanted to do so much. And so, um, my parents sometimes would be like, Dad, you need to, like, you need to calm down, you know? And so I, I wanted, like, as soon as I could go get my driver's license, I was like in school getting my permit and going, and I wanted a truck. And so my parents were like, okay, you want to get a truck? Like you better save all your money. So, um, I was like, well, I don't even have money. So, <laughs> cause we never got chores or nothing. Like we didn't grow up with money like that. My parents were like, you do your chores cause you're our kids and that's it. Like you have a roof and food, you know? Yeah. So we never grew up like that. So, um, my mom, one day there was like a, this little Viola's Dally in Fontana. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but, um, by the courthouse and she came home one day, she's like, Hey, they're looking for someone to work there. And I, I got you a jo- an interview. So I was like, and I was only 15 and I was like, Oh my gosh. Okay. Cause I was, I wasn't even, I was still a sophomore. And, um, and so I was like, okay. And so I went and I did the interview and they hired me and I was like, I'm not even 16 yet. <laughs> they're like, it's all right. They're like, you're going to be 16 in a few months. So I started working when I was 15 and then I, um, I saved like all my money that I could, like I put checks in there for, I'm not even kidding for seven months because I wanted to get a truck and all I wanted was like a, a Ford, a F-150 or a Ford Ranger. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And so like one day my mom, I put him in my little 
um, underwear drawer. My mom was like, she's like, Dad, what is all these stacks? I was like, oh, it's all my checks. You told me to save for the down payment. And it was like seven months of checks. And she's like, you better cash. These are going to go bad. And so I saved like, I probably it was like not even a G, like of six months of pay, you know, for part, for part time. And so she was like, but they knew I was so serious about getting it. And I remember that summer wow. they took me to go get it. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but it starts right there. That's, that was the first steps yeah. of your journey. Yeah, and so and so I worked there. So the thing it keeps going. So I worked at Viola's Dally, and I was going to high school. And then I, um, you know, I, I had a, I was always a, a good student, and I got good grades. And so um, I was able to have less periods in my senior year. And then so I started working at the school district. And so I had two jobs while I was a senior in high school. Wow. Yeah, and so I was, um, and I was like, I'm gonna work two jobs. And my parents never really like, because some of my friends, their their parents didn't even let them work. They were like, you got to focus on your education, but. I, I, did, I was like focusing on my schooling and I was just being a hustler. Like I was like, I got to make money. Like I was just about making like not money for a bad reason, but I just knew I wanted more things in life. And I was like, Perfect. I can't ask my parents for all this stuff, even though we didn't grow up poor. Like at all, my dad's a, in um, construction. So he had money, but my mom was a stay at home mom. So we were a single income family, but we didn't grow up poor, but they, we didn't have like the extras that, okay. you know, so if we wanted extras, me and my brothers, then we, it was like, okay, you guys are going to work. And so my other brother, like he did tile. See, we were all kind of hustlers because we didn't have anything else to do except hustle to make what we wanted to do in life. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's, that's the grind. Yeah. The grind. <laughs> so I, I shared one time in one of my posts before I was, when I was doing this, um, the launch, I, I was saying like, I learned at a very young age, like the discipline of hard work. And so I knew like, I would wake up, I had zero period, I had like to do a work experience. So I, I knew at like I was only what 16, 17 and I had to go to work experience and then I would go to school and then after after school I would go to the school district for two hours and I would work like doing the office clerk in the, the school district and then from there I'd go home and change and I would go work at the deli until like seven thirty at night. So that was like my day for through my senior year. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But that, that that taught you work ethic. Yeah. Hardcore, hardcore work. <laughs> and, and that's unfortunately that, you know, and kind of side note, but there's many people out there that want to be entrepreneurs. They want to have the good things of life, but they don't want to put the work. Yeah. They want to skip the work and they think there's a shortcut. There's no shortcuts. It's hard work, consistency. And that's what you were doing at such a young age. Yeah. And so like Free Soul Fitness, if you look on my on my um instagram it's like discipline consistency strength confidence you know and so so share everybody um where they could actually um, follow you on, on on your new launch of your product on um, your ig yeah so the ig is at free soul fitness um and it's i spell it free soul f-r-e-e-s-o-u-l and then the fitness is spelled f-t-n-s there it is follow them give them a like follow them follow their products today's actually the launch date so once this episode's aired, everybody could go on there and go on your um, bio and click on the on the website and, and yeah, and the and website went live today too for so, to buy product. Yeah, uh, shop away, shop away. <laughs> we'll definitely promote it. We'll put it out there. Thank you, Caesar. Thank yeah. you. So let's, let's continue with your story, sir. Senior year's over. You know, you worked at the deli. You grind. <laughs> so what happens after high school? Um, and so then after high school, I continued to work there. And then, um, I, I knew I didn't want to work at the school district because a lot of people, once you get into the school district, they like, Oh, you got your foot in the door, stay in there. And so, um, they showed you a lot of jobs and they tell you like, you can go work for this score. You can be an assistant here. And that's how people stay in the district and they get in there. Cause it's a comfortable job. You know, you have benefits, you have all your stuff, but, um, like, honestly, it gave me a stomach ache. Cause I was like, I don't want to work in an office ever. I remember when I would work there, I mean, I worked hard, but I filing papers and being in there and I would just be like, 
oh my gosh, like, Lord, please don't ever let me make this a, like a career, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so like, so I just knew that I didn't want to do that. So I wanted to go into more, um, I wanted to go to school and I wanted to go to fashion design school because I wanted to be a designer and I always had like uh, artistic abilities. So I went to FITM like right after school. And then when I was in FITM, um, I decided that I was like, you know what? I don't want to just get an associate's because also right there, I feel like that was an entrepreneur because I looked at the investment. I'm like, I'm going to pay 20, 20 G's to get an associate's degree for it to go to FITM, you know? And I was, no, 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 it was actually more because I think it was 18 a year. So it was going to be like close to 40 G's and my parents took out the loan and everything. And I was like, when I can go get a bachelor's and I can get, or even a master's for less than this. So like I withdrew from the school and then I transferred and I went to Chafee, called JC for a little bit. Um, graduated from Chafee and then I transferred into Cal Poly Pomona. And then that's when I did the merchandising business program with them too. So nice. yeah, and I through all that. Yeah, go ahead. I went to Cal Poly Pomona. So <laughs> Alumni? P-Town. Yeah, P-Town. Happy Town. The, the Broncos. The Broncos. <laughs> I mean, I graduated long, long ago, so um, <laughs> 2002. 60s? No. <laughs> 2002. It wasn't that long. 18 uh, years ago. Dude, I, you know, side note, but um, I look at my degree, and, and, and I share this honestly. Like, I graduated with a bachelor's in marketing, mm-hmm. and, and I always say this today that everything they taught me is irrelevant today because I, I was taught how to create ads for newspapers to create ads for billboards commercial ads you know which most of that doesn't even exist today i mean most people are social media marketing facebook marketing um so everything that was taught is irrelevant irrelevant i learned i learned um how to do accounting before quickbooks was invented oh my gosh yeah so it's irrelevant now um, so you know it's, it's a schooling is great but for me it was the hustle yeah the street smart that's what I, I give the credit to because if you look at my diploma and you ask me questions of what I was taught, you can't hire me. Yeah. It's irrelevant. I know like the listeners probably don't even know I'm here anymore, but um, <laughs> just to kind of touch on that a little bit, I really feel like, you know, degree, no degree, you know, just being able to, whether it's solving a problem or, you know, providing value of any sorts, you know, that doesn't, I don't think that, I mean, you guys all got your degrees. I didn't, but you know, but it, you know, and there's something to be, that's, there's something to be proud of there, but with, you know, if you don't use the knowledge that you gain along the way and the experiences you have to provide some sort of, some sort of value for others and contribute to society in some way, it really doesn't mean all that much except for it's just something to put on the wall. Yeah. Um, my, my certificate, my diploma is not even up. It's not, I don't even I know. know I don't know where mine is at. And then people ask me like, I'm like, I don't know where I put my diploma. I never picked my high school diploma up. <laughs> diploma diploma i never picked it up i don't even know where my bachelor's degree yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and 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 i Did never really happened then I, i've had people, <laughs> i've had people ask me like do you do you owe your success to your degree oh heck no. and i say no <laughs> i i never talk about my degree because it's not relevant actually What's i've that? never heard i didn't even know you had a degree <laughs> i thought when you worked for the cartel it didn't <laughs> like they don't give those degrees they, to they, don't, they, don't. <laughs> they do they give you the, the hard knocks the, the hard knocks of life yeah and so when i was um when but when i when i graduated and i was going to fit them so yeah i'm like this like fashionista you know i like fashion whatever but i i still am very like um like you said a hard work a hard worker and so my brother told me I was trying to find a job and my brother told me he was like, um, hey, he goes, he's like, I got a job for you um, 
Abe, which was his manager at the time, he worked for AutoZone. He goes, Abe's going to hire you. He'll go around your school schedule because all I wanted to do was go to school full time. So I was like, okay, cool. So I, I went and I interviewed with him and he hired me like right away, you know. And so like um, I started working for AutoZone. <laughs> so like I learned, which is crazy because it's like nothing that I, but to me, a job was a job. Like I didn't care where I worked. I would have worked yeah. anywhere, you know. And even then when I like working in the school district, I didn't, I didn't like it, but it was like, you have to work hard to, to get where you want to do. So I knew it was a season in life, you know? And so like, um, working for AutoZone from there, I started just as like a cashier and then I went into like parts and they promoted me to a manager. So like at 20 years old, I was promoted like a, a, like a sales manager. And so even right there, I always felt like then I would run the team to do trucks and stuff. Like my manager just was like, then from there they promoted me into, um, inventory control manager for the district. So while I was going to Cal Poly, when I transferred to Cal Poly, like I was doing the inventory control for the district for AutoZone. And so it was a, it was a cool position. I mean, it was nothing like, um, the pay wasn't all crazy or nothing, but I mean, like just to know that I was able to promote myself within those years of working there while I went through school was good. And I learned a lot. I learned a lot working with them, you know, and they were like, they're like, what's that? Do you want to go into like regional? And I was like, no, I don't really want to stay like working for here. I mean, like it was fun working with all the guys. They were all cool and everything like that. And I learned a lot of stuff like working there as well. And I would never take it back either. Cause I, I guess I feel like it prepared me for life and for what I was going to get into, but I didn't know like I was going to have my own business going into it. And so the way fitness entailed, entailed into it was, um, my senior year of my senior year of Cal Poly, I had to do a lot of internships in LA cause I was in, in fashion. So I had to drive to LA a lot. And so when, um, I, and I was working full time, I was going to school full time, working full time. And the, the position wasn't like going to let up on anything with the hours. Cause I was, I had a, like a, a lot of responsibility. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna have to find something and take a step back or whatever and something that's more flexible so I could do my internships and finish school full time. And so I, I was always like a gym rat anyway. And then, um, and all the, I knew a lot of trainers at the gym and they were like, oh, I told them like I wanted to, they was like, oh, I just want to see what it's like to be a personal trainer and stuff. And so then they hired me to be a personal trainer and that's how my whole fitness and its oh. journey started too. So I got my certification, my national cert. And so I, um, and my CPR and everything that I had to do. And then from there, that was my senior year at, at Cal Poly. And so then I, that's how I started in the fitness industry as a personal trainer. And that was a whole nother story. <laughs> well, let's, let's, talk, let's, let's get the story. <laughs> story um, time. Story time. She's uh, a great storyteller, by is. the way. Oh my God. Like when she starts reenacting like other people's voices too. <laughs> like in, I'm, 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 I'm glad I'm, we're recording video I'm for this because I'm, you only get to see the. You get to see everything, right? You get the to see the hand, hand gestures. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be animated on Please this. Please do. Don't, don't hold back. Don't <laughs> no. hold back. This no, you can't. This is. You gotta. You gotta go raw. That's it. You That's gotta be wrong. you. I was telling. I love this. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so, so you go on to fitness, and you're also doing um, your intern. So, did you have to make a decision, or you you went on you went you pursued both? Um, so I was doing my internship in LA and then, um, that was in the time when the, it was like after the recession, but it was still pretty bad in 09. And so I remember when it was like, um, so gas was crazy and I was driving to the city of commerce and I was going to the city of industry. And then I had to go sometimes to like, um, downtown LA for different things. And so I, I, and, and at that time, inter- now internships are paid. They weren't paid then, you know, yeah. it was like, so I was like, dude, I'm paying these people to like work for it, mm-hmm. like to do all this grunt work, you know? And it was, but it was cool. I learned a lot, but, um, so there was an internship where they were like, Oh, dad, we want to see if we want to bring you in. And I was still a senior, um, at that time. 
in Cal Poly, but it was so far. It would take me three hours to get there from with LA traffic, you know, and because oh. I'm from the IE. And so then um, I was like, okay. And then I looked at the numbers and everything like that and the pay that they were going to offer and stuff. So so I, I stayed with personal training, but when, when I was saying it was a whole different story. So when I became a personal trainer, I was just like, oh my gosh, like I'm so excited. I'm going to help. Like I was talking to my boyfriend at the time. I was like, I'm going to help people get fit. Like this is exciting, you know? And like little did I know that I was going to be out on the floor and they called it, um, oh my gosh, what's the word? I can't even remember where you have to like go talk to people on the floor. You got to go recruit. You recruit. Yeah. And they're like, so I remember um, Jason, my, my manager. So when he interviewed me, I remember he was all like, cause it was a lot of male, they needed a female trainer. And so the guy, the assistant manager was like, I think you'd be a good personal trainer or, or female trainer. He's like, cause you're really like confident and everything. And he was like, so when you go interview with Jason, go in there and tell him like, um, just act really confident, you know? So I was like, all right. And I was like, okay. So I said in the, in the interview with him and, and Jason was like, he goes, so, so, um, what do you want us to, it was Bally Total Fitness at the time. He's like, so what do you want Bally's to do for you? And I just looked at him and I was like, well, what does Bally's do for you? <laughs> he like looked at me, like, he gave me like the dirtiest look, like, who do you think you are? Like, I'm interviewing you. <laughs> That, that, that I want shows. that. I want what he does. I want what Bally's does for you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I want your job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was so funny. And so me and him, me and him are still friends. He's a, he's a my like an entrepreneur too, and he's a the owner of Self Made West Covina. He has his own gym now too. So oh, nice. yeah, so he's he's super cool. Like we've been homies for a long time. But he uh, homies. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, love I love it. I love it too. It comes out, dude. It always, it's always gonna come out, guys. <laughs> and, so, uh, and so, Jason, we still to this day die. He goes, "Oh my gosh, D." He goes, "He goes, I did not want to hire you. I thought you were like this cocky girl that did just like you know was so arrogant, conceited." And I was like, "Nah, man. They told me to like go in there and act really confident, you know." He goes, "But to be honest, he was like you were like one of the best hires I ever had, you know, because so when they when I had to go on the floor, Caesar, that's sort of the part is like." Oh my gosh, and I, I am a pretty confident person, pretty secure person, but I, to go out to strangers and try to like get them to sign up for personal training and you're, and the packages were not cheap, you know? And so I was like, I'm not gonna tell these people to buy like $5,000 packages and just go, you got, everybody's on the treadmill and they don't even wanna look at you and they just know like you're like little snake, like, yeah, like you're on the floor and they're like, and, and you, and I would have to walk, I have, remember I would always put like a pencil in my hair and I would have my little like, um, Little, you'd have these little papers at the time, you know, because it wasn't even phones all crazy. So I'd be like, oh, get their phone number and everything. And I had to set them up for like free appointments, consultations. And it was crazy. I used to hate doing that. But it, when I, so when I became a trainer, I was like, this job sucks. Like, <laughs> you can say expletive. We could bleep it out. This we job sucks. Good. Popsicles. <laughs> and so i remember and then and then like and that's how you got paid it was like when you had to like recruit clients in and then you had to like sign them up and then once you got once you signed them up then you got and i was like dude like honestly i thought it was like the biggest mistake of my life to become a personal trainer because i was like i'm not even making the money that i was making before and i was like why did i do this but little did i know that like what god's plan was you know and so like um in in doing all that it it really did build my confidence and it really made me strong to be like to do like blank um you know, when you just have to be on, on the spot with people, you know what I'm saying? Like it really built my confidence. Whereas before I, I, I was like nervous to do that. And I was like, I don't want to talk to all these strangers, you know? And it builds your, and, and you know, I do a lot of sales training. Okay. I do a lot of uh, trainings for corporations and stuff. And one of the things that you develop and evolve with sales, you, you learn human connection. Oh my gosh. Yes. So talk about that. Let's talk about human connection. Cause you can't, you know, one of the things like, 
right now that we just, you know, we started talking, most people can't do that. And it's because they don't understand humans. They don't understand uh, human behavior, human decision-making, body language. And when they throw you out on the floor as a personal trainer, that was a skill set you didn't have. Mm-mm. So you thought you were confident. And the reason you felt not confident is not because of what you were doing. It's because you didn't understand how to connect with others. Yeah. So the oh, the, it was called prospecting. Prospecting. Yeah. So Jason would be like, he if we were out there, because all everybody did, we were all... You know, we're all gym rats. We all just walk around working out all day, you know, and then we drink protein and then you eat chicken and rice all day. <laughs> you know, that's what, that was our, our life, you know. And so then it's like, um, so you're like, oh, yeah, like, what are you doing? Oh, we're going to go work out. We're going to go get a tan. Like, it's, you know, that's what that's what personal trainers talk about. <laughs> and so then like, but it was funny because Jason would come in there and he'd be like, what are you guys doing? He's all, everybody go on the floor and prospect. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh. So I used to have to like put on my trainer shirt and get on the floor. And I'd be like going up to all these random strangers and I would get how many numbers you could get. You had to do cold calls, you know, when you're calling people and be like, do you want to come in and set up a consultation? You want to do it? And it's all the sales part, Caesar. And I didn't know all the sales went into personal training, you know? And I, I so yeah, it, and I, that's the part I hated where it almost made me want to not do it anymore. But it made me so much stronger. And so like you're talking about the people, the connection. So as a personal trainer too, um, I, I have always kind of been a people person, more outgoing, but when, when I got with my clients, cause person, uh, being a really good personal trainer is you'll know when you have a good personal trainer, depending on if they have retention. So you can, a lot of people can get clients in just because of the way they look, they can be like, Oh, I want to look like that person. They're buff. But if they don't have the, those people skills and that skill set to, to engage and to connect with that person, they, they don't because it's it's a relationship building thing, mm-hmm. and so retention is a huge thing in in this industry, you know. And so, like some of my clients have been with me for five years, uh, four years. I've had clients for a really long time, six years that have been with me this whole time, and it's all and it's because like and on I promise you, like all my clients were all we're all friends, like we've built like really really good relationships with each other, yeah. and so yeah. And it, and you know, and that's one of the things that's a great. Pointed that we touch because most people think you know when they, when you were prospecting um, that it seems impossible because you don't have the skill set. Yeah. But but now as an entrepreneur, that actually also is part of your portfolio because now you're able to start other ventures and you're not worried about rejection because you were prospecting. You got rejected many many oh times. Oh my gosh! Yeah, people would just no they like turn their head and then you're rewalking to them and they literally would turn their head like start running like they're looking at the tv <laughs> so we, they make sure like we got that they did not see you. just actively ignoring you. yeah like on, actively you'd be like right in their face and then <laughs> we got that on video <laughs> her reenactment she's we been doing it. it the whole time i wanted to say something but i didn't want to disrupt the yeah, she, we got it <laughs> so yeah in case you guys know i'm very very she's, she's great. handsy dramatic <laughs> she's handsy no, no, no i wouldn't say dramatic just you know it's, it's visual learners do that they move use their hands yeah oh i'm a big time visual learner yeah yeah. So visually, I know what kind of learner I am. Yeah. Uh, what kind of learner are you? I'm a kinesthetic and auditory. You got to do it type thing, and yeah. then you got to. Yeah. yeah, like I, I, I can't read instructions. I don't know. I can't read I instructions. Need I, I need instructions. I don't. I need like steps. I'll try to go figure it out on my own. <laughs> so maybe I'm a visual in a way. Yeah, you're right? a visual. Okay. So you're. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I, 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 and it's crazy. I bring it up because that's I teach that. Yeah. Um, cause the way we learn and connect with others is based on visual kinesthetic auditory. And when you don't know how to connect with all three, you're only going to connect if you're a visual and you only know, you only connect with visuals cause you don't understand how auditories and kinesthetics. Learn. Yeah. It's so it's, it's just part of human behavior. Yeah. So what am I Caesar? You just being with me. Visual. You're a visual. 
But I kind of, I love music, so am I auditory? No, no. <laughs> I don't know if that has to do with no. like, the way you learn. It's, it's about how you connect. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, like, for example, you she use a hand. music, by the way. Yeah. Like, like I, when, we when I got to call her, I hear Keith Sweat before I hear her. <laughs> when, like, it, Keith Sweat's coming through the phone, I'm like, you're at a concert? And then she's like, no, I'm working. I'm like, dude, I, I can't even understand what you're saying. You got to turn, turn him down. But, but no, I mean, just listening to music or watching television doesn't make you that type mm-hmm. of learner. Yeah, of course. Um, so it's just more of the the physiology of, of human body language. Yeah. So kinesthetics, you know, they, they don't look at you in the eyes that much. Like if you look at Damien, my son, he's a kinesthetic. He can't look at you in the eyes very really? much. He puts his head down. And I used to think it was lack of self-confidence. Oh, okay. And it's not. When you run into a kinesthetic, and it's crazy because when I started understanding this, I will fucking be like, so you excuse could pick, me. I was like, look at me in the eyes. So you could pick this up based on like body language yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So what would you say I am? I just move my hands around just to. No, but, but you are, and we could have a mixture of them, okay, but yeah. we have stronger points. So like, for example, you like instructions, you're kinesthetic. That's why you like Damien. I love, well, I like him because he's so funny. No, but you connect with him because he's a kin- you're a kinesthetic. You have more kinesthetic okay. in you than visual and auditory. Hmm. He knows more about me than I know about myself. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 it's part of it's part of the process. You yeah. start learning this stuff, and this is something that I have a an obsession with, and I teach it because I tell people it sells is not about selling a product and it's that not. helps you connect with somebody too because then you can like pick up on what their cues are and you can like feed into that if you want to like a handshake a ke- uh, uh, auditory um, has a firmer handshake a kinesthetic has a very weak handshake and we were taught that if somebody doesn't shake your hand firmly they're not trustworthy and it's not true there's just a kinesthetic learner yeah Mind blowing, right? That's mind blowing. <laughs> like that little emoji head with the head blowing up. Uh, no, it's true. <laughs> That's me, I know. I've, okay, let's no, know. And it's good to know because when you're out in the world, yeah, you know, we're, we're all judgmental. I don't care if we say we're not. We are. And I used to be very judgmental on these concepts because I used to connect with people and be like, "Oh, he didn't shake my hand firmly." Well, he's a kinesthetic learner. He's not going to shake it firmly. Yeah. And and uh, God gave me a son that's a. He's like all kinesthetic. And, you know, and I'll share a quick story. You know, he's a freshman at Rancho and one of his teachers wants to wants him to learn a certain way. So I called this meeting and I had the principal, I had the, his um, counselor and the teacher. And I told him, you're a teacher. Don't you know there's there's that we learn in different ways? My son's a kinesthetic. What you're asking for, he cannot comprehend to do. He's a kinesthetic learner. You should have seen the principal and the and 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 his counselor like oh crap because <laughs> it's true my son doesn't not just, you're not a normal paisa dude no that's all they thought this guy's coming in on his rams he's gonna <laughs> we're gonna get some ghetto fool in here but, <laughs> but I share the story because I had to learn that myself from my own children yeah you know so when you're on the world prospecting people think well that guy just you know I didn't connect with him people will connect with you if you understand. And there's a concept called matching and mirroring that I teach. When you're in front of a prospect, you have to emulate them. So if you're sitting in front of a kinesthetic, you have to emulate a kinesthetic. Yeah. You have to emulate a visual person and, and, and you'll connect. It's, 
it's it's just part of human behavior. Yeah. So I remember um, we would have these meetings all the time because, um, you know, being a personal trainer and building your reputation and building a, a clientele isn't easy. And that's why people the, tur- the turnover is huge as a personal trainer, because nobody wants it's a it's a true like grind and hustle. And so like for you to build that reputation and build it from nothing, like anyways, but so we would have these meetings where it's like they try to motivate you, encourage you like, yeah, we're going to empower everybody, you know? And so like, but our manager would just like cuss us out and be like, you guys need to get your shit together, blah, blah, blah. You know, you need to get, make, make sure we make our numbers. That's all. It was always down to the bottom line, you know? And so then, um, so anyways, one, we did have this um, regional manager that would come in. His name was Anthony. And he was like, Honestly, he was like so eloquent in the speech. You know, you just somebody like they talk to you and you're just like, you believe every word that comes out of their mouth. And so he was kind of like that. And I remember um, he one thing he told us, though, like when we all got hired as a team, personal trainers, he was like, people are never going to care um, how much, you know, they're only going to care about how much you care. Like and so that's kind of what you're saying, like when huh. you're in front of a prospect. And so that stuck with me all my life. Like I, when I be, and so I would always think that, too, when I would go on the floor like, because I promise you, like, being prospecting, like, that really, really challenged me. Like, there was times I would, I sometimes I hated going to work. Like, I was like, I don't want to go on the floor and prospect all these people all day. Like, this sucks, you know? Like, I was like, why do I have, why am I doing this? And so then, and you would just get, like, rejected. Like, reject, reject, reject after another. And then you get, like, one person that when you prospected, like, 20 people in that hour, you know what I'm saying? And one person would be like, okay, they give you a phone number. And then you call and they don't answer. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, stuff like that. But, but when I did learn and the clients that I did have in and the, as I started building my clientele, I always remember that like people don't care how much, you know, they only care how much you care. And then also people can see right through you of course, all the time, you know, like, yes. and, and I still know that like when I'm around somebody, like, I, like you're saying, we're all judgmental. And I try to, I try to preach that I'm not, which we I'm are. not, we are, but I'm like, I don't feel like I'm judgmental in a way where I'm like, not in a negative way. No, but like, it just comes natural. It is. Like you just, automatically kind of size things up sure. size it's like the up. handshake i was i was brought up from my dad telling me if somebody doesn't shake your hand firmly they're not real yeah so that's judgmental because you were shaking my hand and it was kind of weak and i'm like i don't trust you and it was I because trust you but, but it was because that's well, how, i don't trust you that's how whoa that's that's, that's how, <laughs> hold on <laughs> that's how I was, that's how i was raised but then when i got to understand it I was like, whoa, like now I don't like now I, I, you know, I'm very um, empathetical with people because I understand that that's just how they're, you know, they were brought to this world. That's how they're wired. And it's not their choice. Yeah. And then it, it gives a whole different perspective. Of it. Yeah. And now you, I'm able to connect with anyone just because I understand. Yeah. And, and then the more the more knowledge you get on people, the more people skills you get and skill set you get in people like it, it becomes like a almost like a thing where you're like you're you enjoy meeting different personalities and working with different personalities you know and i love it yeah i love it and and you know that's one of the things i always tell people if you could get to understand and study human behavior yeah. you'll have the best life yeah and but you know what caesar i i feel like you can't just like you can't just be book smart in that no, no there's no way you can like study human like you're saying like but you can study like it comes understand with it? you you can understand but i'm saying like the way you get it is by being with people being with all kinds of different people and so, implement yeah, yeah so being a personal trainer for 10 years um is like i've trained so many been with so many different personalities that like I honestly feel like I can like not that I'm a chameleon, but a chameleon. But when I'm with people, like if I'm in a group setting and stuff like that, like I can carry a conversation. I can bring someone out of their shell. And people tell me like, I feel like I've known you for so for so long. And I was just like, 
it's just because I'm very relatable. Like as soon as I meet them, I, I talk to them and I, and I just relate to them. Like if they have kids, if they don't have kids, if they're going to school, like whatever age they are, I'm just like, like baseball, like if something like you just are relatable to that person, you, you, you get to know them, you know? And so that's why. That's it. It's, you hit it right in the head. Relatable. I always yeah. tell people, if you're not relatable, you can't connect. Yeah. And, and I'll share a quick story. There's only one, one time in my life that I was not able to connect with the person. And it was an NBA basketball player. <laughs> We're in Cabo, me and my wife, a couple just years different ago. different levels. Huh? You're just on a different level than that guy. <laughs> Why? I don't know. He's big. No, no so, so we're in the... So I'll share my quick story because... I And I like sharing this story because most people are like, oh, you could connect with everyone. Yeah, now, there was yeah. one time, and this is about two years ago, that I wasn't able to relate with someone. Um, so we're in the pool, me and my wife, we're having a drink, and then, you know, this tall dude and his wife come across. They start, you know, start exchanging words a little. And... You know, I ask him what, you know, and he's tall. He's probably 6'10". So I'm like, I'm like, so what do you do? He's all I play in the NBA. And I was like, I don't know anything about the NBA. I don't watch basketball. I don't, oh, okay. I don't know anything. I don't know the basketball. He told me his name. I didn't have my phone, so I couldn't see probably who Probably Michael was. Jordan. And <laughs> long story. Like crazy, <laughs> okay, if you didn't know who Michael Jordan was, I'm <laughs> Caesar. I'm not going to no, be your friend. Michael Jordan. <laughs> but I share the story because... It got awkward after I asked so many questions and I, and I couldn't relate to him as a basketball player. I couldn't talk about basketball. He just him and his wife just like slowly <laughs> stepped away. And it's and it, and it was and it hit me and I was like, wow, look how crazy. This is the first time I, that I could remember that I can't relate with someone. I wasn't relatable. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and it's true. It's it's how you connect with other people. And it's yeah. all relatable. And I couldn't relate because I don't watch basketball. I don't know basketball. Yeah. So true story. I mean, it's, it happens. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, um, with free soul fitness, that's my biggest thing that I'm like, um, behind everything is like, if you see, follow me on Instagram, my personal page, like I, I make these little videos sometimes. And the other day I was sharing something like, um, about like being real with people. And, and I was saying how, like, it's really hard sometimes now, like with, with social media and like how these facades are created. And it, it's so easy to think like, oh man this person has it all together you see all these marriages or you see all this like stuff and i remember i'd be like dang everybody's happy and i have this like effed up relationship <laughs> you know what i'm saying like you just think all these like like it, but it's not real you know so, what i'm saying like and, and but for real when i first when social media first came out it was really hard for me to like um for me to even like be on it because it to me it was so it was like so fake to me like and so it was really but it's not it's always I mean, everybody's best version of themselves on and it's okay media. i'm okay with that now because you it go ahead Caesar. No, no, i think it's a great it's a great <laughs> conversation piece um because social media you're right you know there's so many people out there that um they, they put this front you know you're like damn you know they're making all this money they're driving these cars they have these homes but in reality is, are they happy, right? Yeah. And so, and most of them are not. Now, right now, we're in quarantine. You know, <laughs> you, you go back to their pages and they're screaming for help because their their business went to crap. You know, everything they were showing off was fake. Um, they didn't take them. They didn't take the time to develop mentally. They didn't develop their skill set. They were just showing this facade to the world. Yeah. So now they're really getting exposed, and that's what. And, and, you know, and, and actually I have a podcast I'll be doing uh, next week um, talking about this, that most people are going to get exposed during this quarantine. The yeah. real the ones that are not real, the ones that put made the world think that, you know, they were the perfect 
you know, person, the perfect couple, the perfect everything. And they're, and they're not, we're all human. We all make mistakes. Yeah. And that's, that's my, like, um, that's so important to me, like to portray that. And that's why one day I was talking my, she's my, my really good, she's a personal trainer friend of mine, a colleague. And, um, so, but we're really good friends and we were talking one day and she was like, D she goes, you, you if you're going to be launching, you're going to be doing this. And like, like even my social media pages, they're not like large, huge pages because I was so private with everything. And I, I kept my page private forever, Caesar, because I just was like, I'm not I don't need to like be out there. I don't need to do all this stuff. And then like then plus I was like, sometimes like I'd be like weirdos. I'd be like, delete, block, block, block. <laughs> you know, like I was just like a like a thing like that, like where you feel like. Uh, like I, I was, this was something that I had to overcome to to in order to do this this business and to in order to do this um, clothing line, it, because I really realized that inside of me, like that was a part of an insecurity inside of me where it was like I was calling myself that I wanted to be private, but it was also a piece of like rejection where I'm like I don't want to be out there and like be rejected when I'm like out there because I because I was rejecting a lot of people because I was like saying that they were fake. And I was just like, and judging people. And so like, I realized that's what I was doing to my so own you self. you were judgmental. Yes. Well, I, I mean, I am, we're all judgmental. I'm just saying. <laughs> <I'm just playing. laughs> no, not you. <laughs> yeah. no, no, but no. And you see, no, it's, and I've done that too. I've done that. I kept my stuff private and I had to reopen it. And it goes back to the handshake. To me, it was a handshake. I and still I, judge people based on their handshake though. Well, you can't. I'm going I, to. I'm, I just gave you the answer. Because I feel like everybody, like, like guys are taught that regardless of like what you know what i mean like whether no matter how you learn or who you are like men are always taught like look like look the guy whoever you're meeting in the go eye sh- you shake their hand go shake demon's hand <laughs> right now i'll be right back go shake no one will do it later, later. <laughs> and, and and watch it's probably him. like swimming and, and watch him and he won't look in your eye i'm not saying i'm i mean i'm still and though he's, like, <laughs> I mean, no but when he's 30 I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach him when he's 30 or 35, uh-huh. he's still going to do it. Yeah. And, and so, so that's what I'm saying. Going back to it, like, I, I realize, and, and, you, and I'm Christian, so, like, I would be like, God, like, always, like, give God the glory for everything that he's ever done in my life. But it, I, I was, like, that part of me where I was just like, no, like, I don't need to do this. And so what really opened my eyes one day was, like, there's only, like, four people on Instagram that I, because I, I'm not a scroller. Like, I don't even look at people's stuff because I just, I don't, I'm not being, like, um, arrogant i just don't have time to to do that but i try to i try to like i still try to like people's stuff because i want to like because they support me so i want to like like their stuff too but there was really only like a few maybe like three people that i really actually followed their instagram and i would check their feed and i would check everything and then all of them were entrepreneurs and then one of them was like the ceo of um uh, of self-made miguel aguilera like his stuff is like really raw and everything like that and then there was like jasmine star which she's like um she talks about a lot about instagram and like that's my sister's name jasmine, jasmine? star <laughs> it is. Thanks you for interrupting me. Sorry, <laughs> and you're you made me lose my point. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> and so then um no, Jasmine Star and there was like one more I'm just kidding, Joy. Uh-huh. And so um there was one more. Like so anyways, long story short, so I was looking at these people and you know Ed Milet. I I really like everybody yeah. knows Ed Milet. And yeah. so like um so you know, since I started looking at their stuff and I was like, I go, man, these people are like I, I, I enjoyed watching their stuff and I was like and it clicked in my head that I'm like I have so much to offer too. Like why And these people are like touching people's lives or making difference and they're making a difference in my life, you know? Right. And I was like, and how am I ever going to make a difference and touch the world if I'm so afraid of like, of not just rejection, but just of like judgment, judgment or also the, the big thing of being my Fontana self is like, Oh, I'm not going to be real. Like I'm going to be raw. Like I'm no, I'm not ever going to be fake, you know? And so then like, 
you you don't realize these insecurities that you do have until they you start really coming to the surface and actually mm-hmm. having to do stuff you know like like um bring them to the surface and face them and so like one of my good friends she's she's always on instagram and they all of them are always like all my trainer friends are always on it you know they have all these followers and everything like that and they're always like dee why are you and i would just like sometimes i would delete my instagram i was like i'm not about that you guys know i'm not about social media i'm not about it. i'm not about it and so then um she was like dee but you have so much like you're a fit mom you have your kids you have like you have so much going like people would fall in love with you like on instagram and you have so much to share but i was like nah whatever i don't care like i don't got time for that I, i'm living my life it's fine and so then, um, so yes, yeah, I started to realize and I, and I go, I go, girl, one day I was talking, I was like, cause that's how I talk. I'm a girl. I don't want to be fake like everyone else. Like I don't need to get everybody's approval of what I'm doing in life. Cause I'm secure in myself. Like I don't need everybody to, to watch my every moment, you know? So yeah. she was like, and I go, I don't want to be fake. And she was like, D you're not fake. Like when she told me that Caesar, it like clicked in my head. Like I was like, Oh, I'm not. <laughs> so she was like, you would never come off like that. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like, I, I guess I would never come off like that. So little, it was just little steps by little by little where I actually started to be like more transparent with, with stuff. And now I'm like, I'm like, if I have to be transparent because it's going to help other people, because just like the people who I follow and who I really like their stuff, like they're so transparent with their life. And, and that, not, not that I'm saying like, I would ever be like sharing stuff that I don't need to be sharing, but I'm just yeah. saying like more transparent of like what I'm doing in life and like how I'm doing the clothing line and what I'm doing with everything like that, like that transparency and people fall in love with that. And they, and that's that connectivity that we were talking about right. and the relate relatability. And so that's, you don't even realize all this stuff's coming together until you actually step out and start doing it. Right. Yeah. So and there's so many people out there that, you know, one of the things to add to that um, on my personal, my personal life, um, that, there's so many people out there that could benefit from our, our wisdom, our experiences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if we keep them to ourselves, that's not going to do anybody any good. Yeah. So being able to expose them, you know, because I as well for myself, you know, I do this guy always makes fun of me, but I do something called the spill of the day because I come up with personal experiences and, and, and I'll share it. I'll share yeah. a story that happens to me. And and that's just to me to be able to share my, my, my experience or my value. And it's sometimes, you know, people that get touched out DM me like, oh, my God, I needed this today. And I'm like, man, there's people out there that really need this information. Yeah. You know, and and yeah, I'm with you, like posting everything I do. You know, I I see this guy posting everything. I'm like, damn. So I started posting everything (laughs) I do. But because I want people to know that I'm normal. Yeah. That's one thing for sure. I want them to do. I'm just a normal guy that does everything that everybody else does. So, yeah. you know, my story, I'll go post everything that I do. But, you know, when it comes to my feed, I've learned how to just give. Um, I have created kind of like my avatar of what what who I want to attract and who okay. wants to listen to my content. Yeah, know? yeah. Yeah, and then, like, also, too, like, um, you say, like, being a normal person and just being, like, yeah. relatable to people. And so sometimes it's like, like oh my gosh i yell at my kids like i yell at my kids like if people heard me (laughs) because it's like it's hard you know what i'm saying and so sometimes when people are like oh yeah like but everybody who knows me sees like i'm super i am transparent in person you know what i'm saying and so now i'm just like and everybody's like ah you're like the most down-to-earth person i've ever met because i'm like what else am i gonna give you like i can't give you anything else you know what i'm saying like i don't even really even know how to manipulate anything in life because i never had to do that you know what i'm saying so let's, and let's, I don't want to. Let's talk about your your clothing line. Mm-hmm. How did that get started? How did that come about? Um, well, so like I was sharing a little bit with you guys earlier, being in the fitness industry um for ten years, and then like I I've always looked at 
um, different avenues of income. And I was like, and so one day I was thinking too, like a few years ago, I was like, I can only see so many people on the floor. And I'm like, and so, yeah, you make good money as a personal trainer, but I'm like, I can only see, even if I train 14 clients a day, like that's, it could be what, 12 hours a day. If I do half hour session, you know, just doing the numbers, crunching the numbers. And I was like, yeah, you have this income coming in, Emma, but I'm still, I still need to be present to make that income. And so I started thinking like, what's another side income that I can do and stuff like that. And so of course I was thinking like an online business and, and there's, you can offer online training, but it's a service, you know, I'm still going to be offering my service. And so then looking at it, I always had a dream of being a designer, of course, and my fashion background and everything that I had. And so I always had a dream to do it. I just thought I didn't know where to even start, to be honest. Like, I was like, how can I design clothes? Like, what am I going to like have stuff made in Pakistan or in China? And then my brother-in-law has a, he does um, a softball clothing line and I would see him like get his stuff made and he would make like the jerseys and everything. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And so I would ask him little questions here and there. And so like I was telling you guys, like in October last year, I just threw it out there. I just put it on Instagram and I was like, I'm going to launch my clothing line in the spring. And I promise you, I didn't even know <laughs> what I was going to do. <laughs> like I just put it out there cool. and, and I just started like researching, connecting with people and, and it's, it's here now. And it's yeah. so crazy how God some. brought it to life. <laughs> I told you I want some. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you said something earlier and I want to, I want to pick at it real quick. You said that as a personal trainer, you do, you know, 14 clients a day. And I have a philosophy and I don't, I don't think I shared it with you, but it's called, um, as an entrepreneur, um, we only could do so much in one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I shared my story with you earlier that in high school, I learned, I, I was doing leverage and delegating and to be able to build a business besides you, um, I call it the one times one because we're only one and one times one equals one. And that's the max we're going to be able to get out of ourselves. But when you start building other businesses, you start having leverage and you start having people to delegate things to. Yeah. And that's when your efforts multiply. Yeah. And to me, until, you know, I was always a one times one, too. It's part of the process. I was selling, selling, doing what I had to do, but it was only one income. And today, the leverage I have, I get paid on the efforts of many. Yeah. And that's where you hit it big. And, and that philosophy I want to share with you. So. Because you you have you understand it, but I'll break it down to you how I was how I was taught to me. Mm-hmm. They're like Caesar one times one equals one. I'm like, okay, what does that mean? That your efforts are only going to be able to give you so much, mm-hmm. but once you understand leverage and delegation, that's when your income just grows to pretty much unlimited because yeah. now you have leverage, and that's why you're you know and and that's you started thinking as an entrepreneur way be back, but now being able to break it down in that format, that's why you're starting this new venture. Yeah. And then it's like, and from this venture, I have so many other ideas of other things that I want to do. And it's like, um, and you know, I, you, people always are like, well, you can, you can only keep, you don't want to spread your eggs everywhere. You could keep them all in one basket or, you know, people have different like philosophies, philosophies about that. And so I remember, um, I did one time think like, okay, cause I, I am a really, I'm a really strong multitasker. Like, and I, and the way my brain um, works, like I can, I can do a lot of things at one time. I just, that's how my brain is wired. I, and I'm able to do that. And some people are like, that that's, you're not going to be focused. You can't do that. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to be able to do things, but I can do many things, but there, but then I know when I'm, when I am getting distracted and I'm like, okay, I got to cut that, you know, and I, and I got to just stay on these three things. So for a little, for a few years, I thought like, okay, I can only do personal training because it's like, if, if not, like I'm not going to be successful because I'm going to be spreading myself thin. And I'm realizing that that's not, that's not true. You know, like, cause 
the the fitness apparel and and being in the industry and everybody that I know and stuff like that it, it's all intertwined together right. you know and then just like taking the talents when we were when you were talking about I think we were talking earlier um before we got on the podcast and you were saying about your your talents the god-given talents and and that's what I realized one day like when I was praying I said I said God I want to be able to do um like everything that you gave me like the talents that you gave inside of me like help me to use them to like bring do what i what you put me on this earth for and like mm-hmm. and use those talents because i feel like he gives us all these talents. like we were talking about your son how like oh my gosh he can sing so beautiful like i would i would hate to see him not do that use that talent like but you said like it's up to him you would never like put your face for him in front of him but it's just mm-hmm. like how beautiful like god gives us these things and me having like an artistic talent creative talent but also having the entrepreneur mindset and the business mindset like you, it doesn't mean that I'm just like this creative artist. Yeah. It, it, if I just stayed with that, then I'm going to only touch that. Or it doesn't mean that I'm just like a fitness professional. And if I just stayed with that, or it doesn't just mean I'm a business person. I just worked in HR for somewhere because I've touched all these avenues. You know what I'm saying? And I worked in all these different things, but like to collaborate them to come full circle, it's it's crazy because like those are all the things and the abilities that God has put inside of me and now to execute them, you know? And that's when I always tell when, you know, when I consult or, or I mentor people, it's mm-hmm. like, you gotta you gotta identify your talent. Yeah. And once you know your talent, then you you you, you tenfold it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't believe in working on your weaknesses. You know, growing up, that's what I was taught. Mm-hmm. You know, if you suck at math, work on math ten times harder. Yeah. Um, when it comes to talents, when it comes to the real world creating an income, um, it doesn't work that way. For me, the companies I built, everybody that works for me, I identify their talents and I position them where their talents shine. Mm-hmm. And I got people that will take a bullet for me because what they do is their talent, but they don't know and they'll never know it. And they'll give me 120%. Because there's the passion with it. Because yeah. they're passionate, but they don't know that that's their passion and they don't know that that's their talent and their calling. But I do. Yeah. So when I position them there and they shine, yeah, they're fulfilled. Yeah. And that's how I build every business that I've had mm-hmm. was to position people to be able to, I identify their strength and their talent mm-hmm. and I'll position them and I'll evolve them yeah. and, and they grow. Yeah. They grow like naturally. Yeah. The biggest mistake in corporate structures that they put people where they need them and they, they and that's why 85% of people hate their jobs because they're positioned there just to make an income, not to flourish and not to evolve their talents. Yeah. With this quarantine, the way corporate structures and businesses are going to evolve are going to be evolving this new way. Yeah. That people are going to be positioned into where their talents are actually being evolved. Mm-hmm. And that's where you'll be able to win. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I never even heard it put that way. You're you're poetic. No. <laughs> I was just thinking that, by the way. Yeah. Like I was looking at it, I'm like, he's way more poetic than yeah. I ever thought he was. Like, no. Wow. Well, it's, 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 <laughs> you're going to make me um, cry right now. I'm just kidding. That's, that's my passion. That's This is my calling. This is my yeah. talent. And and I've been able to understand my talent. And that's why, you know, I what I do is, is my strength. It's yeah. my talent. It's not anything else. So for me to be able to say that, it's because that's exactly how I've built my foundation. Yeah. And everything that I do or my team does, it's because I know their strengths. Yeah. Even my kids, my, my three children, mm-hmm. I know their strengths. Yeah. But I don't, just because I know their strengths doesn't mean I'll open the doors for them. Yeah. They, they, have, to, they have to put in the work. You know, like, for example, Caesar, you know, these podcasts, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> but I told him, this is, I know you have the talent. If you're not going to do music, because he stopped. 
He did. He literally, he just got back to it. You inspired him because he stopped. You really did. Mm-hmm. You know, the other day you record him, he hasn't touched that guitar in years. I didn't know that. So, you know, I'm telling you because I'm his dad and he hears my voice all the time and he thinks it's always just my dad. But then he hears you guys now. That's why it was so awesome that you guys were there and applauded him because it's not me applauding him. Yeah. But if that inspires him. So going back to this, he helped me. Now he's helped. He's helped you because that's his talent. I know that's one of his talents. Yeah. You know, Damien golf, Ole baseball. You know, that's their that's their talents. And yeah. I'll never put my name even behind my own kid if they don't give it all. That. Yeah. Just because I want them to understand the process and, and, and endure the process because it's hard. When you were prospecting, that was hard. Yeah. But it, it, it evolved you. And that was your talent. Mm-hmm. You were forced to figure out your talent. And that's why I always tell people, if you want to succeed in life, you have to forcefully figure out your talent because mm-hmm. it's not going to be just there. And yeah. that's why I tell my kids, I'm blessed that I was able to help you identify your talents at such a young age mm-hmm. and be able to expose you and, and take you where somebody's going to teach you and evolve your talents. Yeah. I can't teach baseball. I don't know baseball. Yeah. That's why he's in your program. And, and, and you know, taking him under your wing um, with everything you do, that's going to evolve him if he puts in the work. I can't put the work in for him. Mm-hmm. Damon loves golf, made, made the rancho team as a freshman in the golf team, mm-hmm. you know, and he's, um, he has a learning disability and he has ADHD and he still made the golf team, mm-hmm. you know, because that's his, that's his, that's his talent. Yeah. You know, um, and Caesar's music mm-hmm. and, you know, and like I tell him, I'm never, I'm not going to open my mouth for you. But it goes back to that. I, I learn how to identify people's talents. Yeah. Once you do that, you evolve. Yeah. And, and it's crazy because like, and then when, like you're saying, and, and you kind of like flourish in that, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Because it's like, it's, it's wild because like, even though this week, I don't, I think I've slept, um, like, uh 12 hours the whole week <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't know but i was up she late. gets after it man she works hard and i was mm-hmm. telling you earlier like sometimes it's not even like the the product or the service you invest in it's like the people because you see like how deep they're into it right and how passionate they are about what they do like you know they're not gonna fail mm-hmm. right Correct. and so like with what you do and what she does and like you see you know you see how you know not just detailed, but how much you care about what you do, you know, it's your baby, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, it you know, it's, you're going to take care of it. Like it's your, like your real baby. You're going to, mm-hmm. you know, so like she always asked me like why I believe in it so much. And it's not necessarily the product. It's, it's just what she puts into it. And, 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 and one of the things to add to that, we buy into you. Mm-hmm. So your product is you. Yeah. Your brand is you. Mm-hmm. So that is exactly why this brand's going to explode. Because mm-hmm. of your experience and because of you, because that brand represents you. And the brand has all your characteristic, your character behind it. It's just how it is. Yeah. So like to, to, to talk about it, like Free Soul Fitness. So the, the name, when I came up with Free Soul, when I was a business major in Cal Poly um, and I had a um, merchandising minor. So you had, you know, in college, you have to, we had to create businesses all the time. So oh. I would create businesses. And then, and then I was always like. Um, and I believed, I was like, oh my gosh, I can do this business. And I, w- I truly believe they could always come to life, you know? So yeah. I still, if you um, go to my house in my garage, I have like this thing that I worked on when I first used Adobe, whatever. And it was, it says free soul. And it was a business I created. And of course it was a clothing line and it had like 
created these purses. It looks kind of crazy when you look at it because like I was barely learning Adobe and I was like, those are some crazy sketches. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, it's up there because it's an inspiration though. So the way I came up with Free Soul was that we're free in Christ. And that's the meaning behind the name. And so being free in Christ means that like when your soul is free, kind of we're talking about flourishing and the, the talents that he gives you. So when you're free to flourish and you're free to use your talent, your God-given abilities and your God talents, like you're going to be free in life. You're going right. to be free to to flourish, free to use your talents, free to be who God created you to be. But a lot of people are afraid of it and they don't even know why they're afraid of it. Just like there was pieces of me like doing this stuff, like I didn't know that I was um, afraid of rejection. You know what I'm saying? Like I was like, I'm super confident. Like I, I know, like I can handle my stuff, but I didn't realize like there was pieces of me that was afraid of rejection. It was afraid of being judged. You know what I'm saying? So it's right. like, if I go full force now, like if people are not going to like my brown or people are not going to like it, like there's nothing I could really do about that. You know what I'm saying? And so, but anyways, like that's what free soul, what the meaning behind it was. And this, the name started when I was in college. I never would have thought Caesar. I didn't even know that this was going to be my clothing line 10 years later, you know awesome. what I'm saying? Or nine years later. And so like, I, I think like, but God always has a plan, you know, right. and then, and, but I had to go through all these hurdles and bumps and roads and you know, things to like come back to us. And there's still, it's still not like I'm up here yet. <laughs> but the thing is, is you were able to connect your experiences. Yeah. Most people go through all the trial and error mm-hmm. and the moment it gets hard, they quit. So mm-hmm. they never pursue it. Yeah. And you said something that I want to touch on is, is why are people scared? Mm-hmm. People are scared because of the unknowns that are programmed in us when we're kids. Yeah. You know, you can't do that. You can't go there because, you know, where we live. Or you can't do that because I didn't do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're not privileged. So all those shutdowns create this this fear in our minds that we can do the things. Yeah. Um, I share my story. My parents came from Mexico with Mm -hmm. a third grade education. Yeah. And... You know, they came to this country illegally. Mm-hmm. And when I graduated Cal Poly, my dad was a macho guy. And I, I know it's your story, but I want to share it real quick. <laughs> no, I, I like wanna, it. Um, he comes up to me. This is a true story. He comes up to me, you know, and I asked my mom, is my dad coming to my graduation? Yeah. Because he didn't go to my high school graduation. He was just that guy. And he did show up. <clears throat> and he comes up to me and he tells me this. He's like, look, I came to this country illegally. I, I didn't know the language. He's uh, now you're graduating college. He's uh, you have no excuses. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah. He's like, if you fail, it's your fault. Because if a person like me with no education, you know, my dad did well for himself. He yeah. passed, left my mom her house paid off, rental properties. Like the guy did well. Yeah. And he told me, he's like, you have no excuses. And in that moment, I was like, who's that? What does this guy think he knows? You know. And you know when recession the old seven when i lost everything mm-hmm. i sat back and i pondered and i was like damn this guy told me if if, if i didn't make it, it was my fault mm-hmm. and that's been my fuel to to win and every day i wake up i'm like i have no excuses yeah this guy came here illegally and did what he did i was born here and i have you know college degree yeah. i have no excuses yeah you know so going back to what you're saying is that's the fear that we all have and you know we we think that we know it all or we listen to the wrong people yeah and and so we don't let things fall into place because now everybody's giving their opinion and we're validating their opinion and now that opinion becomes our reality and then we don't pursue anything yeah you know and like uh remind me because so i don't forget that i'll go back to free soul fitness yes in it 
what it, what's about to but um you talking about that was like like i said growing up in a in a male dominated home like my parents are very traditional old school like yeah. you know my dad worked and my mom um was a homemaker and stuff like that and so like she had to be home when he was home she had dinner cooked when he was home and so i grew up like that you know my parents were very like um like family's everything your family's your everything like you get married you have your kids and so i remember when i was like uh, and I honestly didn't even want kids, I think, till I was like 24, 25. I don't know. I just thought like some of my friends were like, oh, I'm going to get married. I was like, I didn't even want to get married. I just was like very career driven, you know, and I was like, oh, what the heck are you talking about? But um, but so like when um, but I ended up getting married young. But the thing is, is that like um, when growing up like that and my parents instilling those traditions inside of us and talking like that to us, it was like inside of me a pieces of me like being career driven thought like okay well there's something like i'm not supposed to be like this because i'm supposed to just want to get married because even my mom would tell me like yeah you're going to college is good but like don't you want to get married like don't you want to have kids like you know it was just like because she valued that which is fine you know when i was younger i kind of like rebelled against it because i thought like why do you why do you why can't you just be happy for me i'm going to college like i'm career driven you know she's like that's not going to make you happy to that you know like she'd always tell me so it's stuff like that like it's stuff that you're told but she wasn't telling me nothing bad but and, and, and also like being a personal trainer, all my clients are pretty much entrepreneurs. All of them have businesses, own businesses. And so that also sees her at a young age, becoming a personal trainer when I was, um, what, like 21 people, I realized like I was in college and I was like in personal training is expensive and it's a luxury. And so I'm like, who's my clients, business owners, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, those are the people that really can afford to live the life that they want to kind of live. Sure. And, and I, and I realized like, I had a few nurses, you know, some of my clients, but like, those are the people in, in, and I learned so much from my clients. And I feel like that them, the, the talks that we have and a lot of things that we had with those has also taught me so much to, to build on entrepreneur mindset that I already had, you know? So right. I'm so thankful for all those relationships that I built with all my clients who are entrepreneurs and business owners as well. Yeah. So. And, and, and that's, that's where it all, it's all personal experience. Yeah. Oh, it is. You know, you start understanding who's your client, yeah. why they're your client. Why they're willing to pay what you were charging versus somebody that couldn't afford it. It's just because it's, it's a different mindset. Yeah. And so yeah. like you going back to people being afraid, like, and that's what I, I feel like if I were to just like, because I do value my parents' opinion and I do want to be honorable to the things, even as a grown woman, like I want to honor what them, but it's still like, it's hard sometimes because I realize too, like their mindset is a certain way and they okay. think a certain way. And it's, it, sometimes it makes people afraid if you're not, the way they are, you oh. know? So it's like, well, you're not, you're my mom. And I was like, well, you're not like the way I am. Like, you don't want to just be a homemaker. You don't want to. And I was like, but that's okay. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's okay. It doesn't mean that I'm like a less of a woman. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like anything like that. So and, and so, excuse me. It's unfortunate and fortunate yeah. that, that we go through those stages. Yeah. But once you're able to evolve out of them and be able to like, for example, I love my mom. I love my siblings, but you know, I'm able to tell them like, you know, I love you, but your ways, I don't, you know, it's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they get it. They're like, no, I, I, I get it. I'm like, just because and my mom is, I, I think she's here. She's going to come later on, but <laughs> I, I tell, you know, she, she, no, no. she's here. <laughs> no, she is. I think she's just, no, but what, I, what I'm trying to get at is that she tells me, she's like, you know, my ignorant ways, I, you know, screw, screw you guys up. She'll tell oh, me. Oh no. Yeah. But, she's like that's how i knew yeah and it's fine because i respect that yeah but it was my job and my duty to go out there and figure out the right way yeah and that's what i've done yeah and that's what you guys have done and that's what we've done 
that's why you know it's different you know and you start like um for me it's when when i hear um for example we were brought up also very united and stuff my my siblings are married and i have a younger sister who just graduated college and we're all different so and and I, and i respect that but at the same time i understand that's where i came from so i have to learn how to balance it yeah. and not let let it overtake me because there was times i'll tell my mom well, well, I don't know what my mom says. Why? Because I don't want to. You know, but it was because of the fear of getting sucked back in while I was raised. Dude, that's exactly where I'm at right now. Okay. So I was in that stage of my I'm going to send my mom this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly where I'm at right now. Like I tell her, I'm like, like I just, so, I don't want to get sucked back in. Yeah. No. So you don't have to though. You don't, don't have to. Back in. So, so it's, it's just, it's just a perspective. Yeah. And it's it's um, you have to be empathetical. Like me with my mom when I have a conversation, and I tell us like, why did you do that to us? She's like, because I was ignorant. <laughs> why did you do that? To <laughs> no, yeah, just just how she would you know raise us or, yeah. or the, the you know we were asked for advice. It was the wrong advice, and I'm like, dude, that was wrong. She's like, I know, you know, yeah. but I have that open relationship now because. Uh, I I forgive her because it's not her fault, and she's yeah. she's like she's like I didn't know I didn't know anything else. And I'm like you're right, yeah. But it was my job to go out there and figure it out the right way, but still be able to come back to you and and show you that I love you and I care for you, um and and not and I had to snap out of that mindset that I'll get sucked back into my old ways, you know, because it, it, it I, why would I allow it? Well, because you're stronger than that. Yeah. So, but it's so hard to understand. So. Oh yeah, and I share that because it, in our upbringings, it's there's a lot of that. Yeah, and, it, and especially in Hispanic culture too, sure. because it's so like, like it, it's just so um, prideful and like submissive, yeah. and it's like you, you were your parents, and you don't have any say. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like Hispanic culture, and then it's so like tight knit that everything's just like, like in, in knotted together. You're like, yeah. let me out of here. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I don't, I don't, I don't ever like judge my parents. Like my parent, like. Even, you know, just recently, like, we were going through some stuff, but it's, like, I, I never, ever, like, I, I had to learn to realize, like, they were brought up a certain way, and they did the best they could. You know, they did the best they could, and then I'm doing the best I can. So when I raise my kids, they're gonna, there's going to be things that I failed in, too. And I, and I would I would hate for them to be, like, well, well, Mom, you did this, and you did this wrong, you did this wrong. And I'd be, like, dude, I, like, I, like tried my best for you guys. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and there's times when I failed. Yeah, I think a lot of that is, like, really surface, though. And I think the constant is that you know that they did their best. And I think your kids will know that you do your best, just like your kids, you know, and my kids. And so, you know, we have all these different imperfections that are under a microscope sometimes by our parents or our kids or whatever, right? And so everybody's so judgmental over those surface things, but... It doesn't, that ultimately doesn't matter at the end of the day. It's it always going to be about effort, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, and what, you know, what your intent, what your true intentions are. Right. Cause even like with my mom, I mean, I go, go to my mom now, but <laughs> so even with my mom, I'm like, all right. So like I have, I've had to like this internal battle, like for a while where I'm like, I should probably go reach out to her. I see her like twice a year, you know, three times a year, maybe. And I have this internal battle where I'm like, okay. I'm going to call her and then I like, I'm like super courageous at night and it's like 10 o'clock at night and she, I'm like, she's been asleep for like three hours because she's older. Right. So then, and, and then I'm like, when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, ah, I'm, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. You know? And so like, I mean, it's kind of, you know, and do it. Yeah. I that's and I will. <laughs> do it. Cause I, I was the exact same way as you. And I'm telling you, I, I will, I'll, do it. I'll, I'll probably go see her tomorrow. Now. Because I, 
No, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's true because yeah. I did it. I did yeah. it for for many years. Mm-hmm. And when I when I started this journey of entrepreneur, when when I understood entrepreneurship, I I, I stood away and like I put myself aside. And all those years lost, I, I'll never get them back. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I learned now. It's like she's not gonna suck me back in mm-hmm. because it's you know she's getting older. And she understands her, you know, that she did the best she could. And we, we talked about it. We laugh about it. Mm-hmm. And it's just now it's like, I understand it. It's like, man, like, and, and the reason I want to share this, because maybe there's others out there too that are going through the same thing. Because it's part of the process. It's actually part of the process of growing. Because your mindset shifts and then you start paying attention to others. You're like, oh, I, you know, and, and it's just part of the process. You know, Susan, yeah, like Joy was telling me about like about his mom like the relationship whatever and so like we were talking but i was like when you when you have empathy like when you start to really have empathy in your heart being empathetic is like a beautiful gift that you could have because when you and that's a a beautiful gift to have as an entrepreneur you know and i mean i think it starts i think the way you progress as an entrepreneur is how you're what you're talking about right now is like facing those things that you grew up with you know what i'm saying and breaking those those bondages and breaking those like ties that are like unhealthy you know what i'm right. saying and then you growing stronger from that stuff and so um when i was talking to him about it and i was saying like how like if you really want to break that stuff and you have empathy and then you you really start to have like a south a, <laughs> a, a selfless love yeah. <laughs> and so like when you're when you're approaching a person a relationship um a situation with that mindset like okay I'm not approaching this out of my selfishness. And a lot of times is the reason why you can't grow from those things is because we're, we're selfish and we're, we're jaded in ourselves and we're protecting ourselves. When you, when you take yourself out of the equation, like you said, you took yourself out of it. You took yourself away physically away from your family because you were afraid of getting sucked back in. When you went back into it, you were like, you knew you were untouchable now because you overcame that fear of you thinking that they can like, physically suck you back into whatever but you knew it's not going to happen now you know Uh what i'm saying because you got stronger like and i always say spiritually i always go off everything to god but i'm saying like when you go into a situation and like say joey's gonna go talk to his mom i was like you know yeah there was a lot of things that she probably did did you had like anger you had resentment towards her you had hurt towards her but i was like if you go in it being like she didn't know any better and you have like that empathy and you have like a selfless love and you can just be relatable and understanding her and then it's it's easier you know and you start to be like and that's how you start to realize like christ's love for us because it's like that's the biggest thing i always think like dude if god could forgive me like because i'm not like the best person in the world you know what i'm saying like we all are sinners yeah we're all we're all we're human yeah so yeah and do you know and then so you're coming with me to meet my mom no i didn't say that you said you were going to no i didn't i said or what our conversation was, but back to this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's true though. One of the things that um, being empathetical and and understanding that the journey, entrepreneurship, it's it's one of those. Those are the one of the factors that's huge in entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. That the mindset starts growing, the process, the way we process things changes, and then we start reflecting on our upbringings, our loved ones, and. You start seeing what they're doing. You're more aware of it. And you're like, well, that's not my cup of tea. Yeah. And then you start kind of putting yourself aside and leaving them on the side. But that's part of the process. When we're talking about earlier about entrepreneurship, the journey, to, you know, enjoying the journey. But the journey comes with a lot of unknowns. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. And then those unknowns, we have to understand them and, and adjust them. Yeah. Uh, because that's what makes us better. And yeah, and it's like a growth process. It is a growth yeah, process. it's crazy. I was like, what am I in? Like boot camp? <laughs> like- and, 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 and the point to that I'm trying to get at is this that most people think success is money. No. But it's not. It's this what we're talking about. Because why do you want all the money in the world if you're if, if if you're hurting inside? Yeah. If you don't understand what empathy is. Yeah. If you don't understand why that if you were up you were, in your upbringings, there were so many so many things that bothered you. And now you resent someone, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just not being successful. No. Successful is being able to understand every piece that comes with success. Yeah. And success is not a dollar amount. It's a journey. It's the process. Yeah. And this is part. This is a big part of the process that most people would never even think it's part of the journey. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I know I'm going to go back but, but biblical because I and I and you need to watch my stuff on my story yeah. on the thing personal page. But I, one day I was talking about like how like. I always love the saying, the verse where it says, why would it profit a whole man to gain the whole world but forfeit his very own soul? And I've always, since I was little sister, I would always just be like, oh yeah, like it's all about God. You know what I'm saying? But then when you really realize it as an entrepreneur too, like it's the same thing. Like what would it, what would it profit me if I went out there and I was like, all right, like this is how I'm going to present this, but I'm not being true to who I am. I'm not being true to myself. I'm not presenting really anything. And also like I'm stomping on people to get to where I need to be. Yeah. That, that you would never be happy in that situation well i i wouldn't because i know my heart like you know what i'm saying but it's just like people do that because yeah. it, they're chasing the dollar you know what i'm saying and it's like but when you chase the dollar and you get there like you said you lose your happiness you lose your soul you lose all everything, everything that you you that is valuable in life and that's why a lot of people who are at the top aren't happy because they did a lot of stomping to get there you know all right. and it's and they didn't take the time to grow through the process yeah and understand and identify the things through the process yeah, and doing this, doing for yourself fitness has like is a huge process. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's been, a, yeah, it's been a huge process. Let's, let's continue. I know we kind of went <laughs> sidetracked, but it's great because it all combines. It all connects. Yeah, yeah. So what's what's your ultimate goal? And I had a question for you because I'm not going to ask you. So mm-hmm. I know you're wearing the gear right now, and I and, and I was like, man, that's badass. Out of gear. the both of us, I'm the one wearing the gear. I know. So <laughs> and what problems did you see in athletic clothing? that you're solving with yours because also entrepreneurship is solving problems. Right? Yeah. 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 So what problems did you see in the gear of other competitors? Cause now you, you everybody's your competitor. I don't care if you're a billion dollar company or starting off. Now you have competitors. Yeah. So what problems did you see in the competitors that you say, oh, I could fix that problem. And that's how my product is going to differ. So the thing is with, with me, um, because I have a really keen eye for fashion and I can, and I have really good taste. Um, so it's not really, <laughs> I do. Yeah, really hey, good taste. She does. <laughs> I mean, I saw, I saw you wearing them and I, I was like, dude, I want some. I got so many compliments with these last week. Remember? Like I everybody walked you. in, Rod, my Mike walked in, like, I want those pants. Yeah. I'm going to take them off me then, fool. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. You guys are good. Um, so it's not really. There was ne- never really a problem that I seen with um the fitness apparel. It's just like because when you wear certain things, of course it's fitted, and of course women wear certain things, and it's just like um and but the thing that I do see is like the blandness. You know what I'm saying? Like and then like you, I I do love Adidas gear. Like I like the gear and stuff like that. I and I I've always sported Adidas, but um, but. It, 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 but I, I really, I'll wear cheap stuff too. I'll wear stuff from Kohl's. I'll, I'll wear whatever. I just, I know how to wear clothes because everybody's always like, ah, that's a cute top. Where do you get it? I was like, oh, and I look at it and I was like, I don't know. I think I got this at Kohl's. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a t-shirt, but the way I style it. So the thing is, is that like, 
it's not about it's the twist the brand no it's the aesthetic so when you're creating the aesthetic that's what i'm creating with free soul fitness is that and so coming from the visual department when i worked in corporate with forever 21 all that's all fashion is they create an aesthetic so when you walk into a store and your eyes visually see stuff it's because we created a a facade i guess it's not a facade but an aesthetic for people to buy into it so when you're styling the mannequins when you're creating that the store and people walk in it's the same thing when you walk into a restaurant when you walk into lululemon when you walk into um Nordstrom's when you walk into Walmart it's you feel there's an aesthetic you feel as soon as you walk into that store and so it's it has a way of like and I did like research studies on this too in college even though it's crazy to think at how deep fashion could go <laughs> but it's it's also human behavior you know what I'm saying and how we emotion. react yeah it's your emotions emotion. yeah how your emotions react to certain things and so it's like when you create that aesthetic and that's why when I keep if you keep seeing on my Instagram and the post it's like Free Soul Fitness is not just another brand, it's a vibe. And so that's why I keep calling it a vibe and a movement. I'll, I'll explain the movement to you right now, but the vibe part is just the aesthetic. The aesthetic that I'm creating for my brand is like collaborating everything that I um, that I love, which is um, I love music, I love art, um, I love fashion design, and then I also love the, the fitness. And so it's collaborating all those different things together and creating a brand with all that stuff. So when you go into my page, you can see there's art in there, there's, um, and when I would explain to people, like, I would try to explain to my fitness friends, and they'd be like, I'm like, I'm gonna, like, combine the art and the fashion and fitness stuff with, like, because personal trainers aren't really creative, a lot of personal trainers, they're all, like, you know, they went to school for kinesiology, so that's why I kind of thought I was, like, different, because I was like, how am I a personal trainer, and I love fitness, but I'm, like, super creative designer girl, you know what I'm saying, so I didn't know how I was gonna collaborate those two, but they'd be like, what are you talking about, and you know how, like, sometimes when you see fitness gear, it's, like, red and black or it's like yeah. um the really bright like the neons and are like nike has these like out loud things and stuff like that so mine is going to be completely different where it's creating that vibe for people and, and it, that's why it's called free soul too like you're bringing the soul back into it and so my other thing was like where fitness meets fashion is what i was trying to say and so it's like you're going to start seeing that as it, the brand evolves and it does and it does show that um the aesthetic uh-huh, the aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, because I saw it. And I was like, dude, that's cool. Like, I saw it. And I was like, Well, but did you see his army pants. green, the moto? Those, those were like, I was like, dude, I want those. Yeah, so so that's the, the thing that I'm saying is that it's not really a problem, but what I'm going to create is like how I can um, athleisure wear to the next level is what I keep telling people. It's like where you can be in the gym, but now you can wear those moto jeans. Like if you put on like a jean jacket and you just put on some some chucks you know or some different pairs of shoes of like you're gonna rock them and now they're streetwear you know what i'm saying but you can also work out in them and you just put back in your adidas and put on a t-shirt and now you're back in the gym you know so it's like that functionality that's going to be created but it's going to be very fashionable and like clean yeah so well, congratulations i'm super excited i'll yeah. also say too like as a consumer um <laughs> oh for sure yeah. no like seriously so like i like i was okay i was a little hesitant i'm like mm, I, I like lululemon you know <laughs> I do. I like live there sometimes. So, so yeah. oh, I like Lulu. Oh, he's a big Lulu. He's a Lulu. What do they call him? Until I explained it to you. Just yeah. <laughs> no. But I mean, okay. So like, I you know, I I got I got some stuff from her not too long ago, and I'm like, yeah, I like it. You know, I'm not sure if it's Lululemon yet. No, no that was, was just kidding, like sample pieces. No, no, no. <laughs> but the 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 new stuff that's in now, like I, and this is not just like my biased opinion. It's 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 reality that it's the most comfortable pairs of pants I've had. Like. As far as like being able to work out in and walk around town in and well, I'm not supposed to be walking around town, but I'm doing it anyways. <laughs> but, but, um, 
Yeah, like seriously, like it's like I just as a consumer, this is just my unbiased opinion that if you like, you should you should get a pair of these. I am. <laughs> I, I put an order in. I don't. Know, I gave it to her, so I don't know what happened. Yeah. So we'll talk about it. <laughs> we'll talk about it. <laughs> I already got the order, Caesar. I didn't know they were free, but yeah, yes, I got the order. Yeah. We're like three of these, four of those. No, but like I mean, and that's the other thing, like Lululemon, right? It's, it's kind of the only the product of its kind that's mm-hmm. out there that's like big. But it's like super overpriced, as most people know, and it's like a super expensive addiction. And but I, that's the aesthetic that they created. And, and people, no, let me tell you, is because people want to wear that. No, I'm telling you, because if you're if you're just like Louis Vuitton, or if you're if you're right. wearing Louis Vuitton, like Doc Martin, I'm wearing Doc Martin right now. Like if you're you're branding yourself, so yeah. it's like when you're wearing Lulu, people are like, you're you can afford Lululemon. Okay, you are at this status. And it's just a symbol. That's so, all it is, you know? What I'm saying, though, <laughs> okay, going back to my deal As a here, consumer. is that the product here the quality. is superior to me, and it's much more affordable than Lululemon. So you're getting a superior product for less money. So for the people out there that are interested in something like that, I would say, obviously, the, it's a no-brainer. Yep. But if you like that little squiggly looking octopus thing, <laughs> it's the, cute. the logo for Lula, I don't know, it's a good logo yeah, for, for Lula. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's still a good product. Okay, probably, you know, right up there with the best. But I'm just saying that I'm trying to do my little sales pitch here. So, like, good. No, be good stuff. real about uh, it. No, I'm, and I am being real about it. But that's, I mean, no, it's that's the. It's, it looks great. I mean, I complimented you when I. First song, I was like, "Damn, those are sick." Where'd you get those? And then, I, yeah. I'm not lying about it. He was not lying about that either. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "Damn, those are sick." <laughs> thank you, thank you, and so congratulations like, on that. Thank you, Caesar, and and um, and I've always, I've always loved it. Like, I didn't think that I would do this. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I just always had a dream to do it, and so now to to bring it to life and to do it, it's like, and like I was saying, like grinding it out and working through the night mm-hmm. and working on the website and doing the things that I've been doing and like doing the photo shoots and doing. Just doing all this stuff is like in full circle. It's like it's crazy, but it's it's like you're. I'm so passionate about it, and I love it, and it's all the talents that I've always had, you know. And it's it's wild. And so, go ahead. No, no, I'm, that's that's what it is. You know, like you said earlier, you slept 12, 14 hours this whole week, but you're doing your 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 passion, your yeah. talent, and you're you're creating something great. Yeah. And you know, just for me, whatever I, you know. I don't have experience in that industry, uh-huh. but I have experience in other things. If you ever need anything, yeah, I mean, uh, whatever I could, you know, yeah. And then, heck yeah, I'm gonna hit you up. <laughs> but like, um, and then going back to when I was talking about the movement. So the biggest thing with freestyle fitness is that, um, this is like the deep part of it because, um, when I was talking to you about the meaning behind freestyle is being free in Christ, and so the percentage of the sales are gonna go back to, um. I want to partner with a campaign called A21, which is they abolish human trafficking. So when that hit my heart a few years ago, two years ago, when um, Christine Kane, she's a speaker, she's in, she's the owner of the A21 campaign where she rescues um, men and women and children, everything out of human trafficking throughout the world. And they rescue them and they recover them and they restore them from all the the things because she was an orphan and she's from Greece and she was an orphan and she was human trafficked as a child and as a teenager when she got out of it. Um, you know, she had to get healed. Like she had, you know, and God healed her from all the, all this craziness that she experienced. And so that's her like goal in life is to do that, to save people out of it because of what she went through. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, 
So when people are, um, and she came to, the way I found out it was she came to our church and she spoke about it at church and stuff. And so um, I promise you, like, I didn't realize how deep this was and like that it was happening in the United States. Like, I didn't know any of this stuff. And I was just like, this is really happening. Like, and it was kind of like, because I don't like anything scary. I don't like to watch anything like that. So it was kind of like disturbing to see it. But I was just like, oh my gosh, like this is really happening, you know? And I was like, how could I not like, support this and so i've been the supporter of this just for my own income and so when i created um god put this in my heart a while back with other business ideas and business ventures that i was working on stuff too but like with the clothing line when people the percentage of when you purchase a piece of clothing like a percentage of that is going back into a21 the campaign to give back and to help rescue people so it's gonna that's the biggest thing so like i that's the movement that i'm talking about and what i really want to do with with free soul fitness That's and bring awesome. awareness, bring huge awareness to it. Cause there's not a lot of awareness to it, you know? Congratulations. That's, that's, that's touching, you know, um, cause we got to give back. And mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. wow, that's like great, great, great. And, and it's crazy because like you're setting, if you're rescuing somebody out of slavery, you're setting them free. So I was kind of like, when I created free soul fitness, free soul back in the day in college, it was just like, Oh, cause I'm like a free spirited person. So I was like, Oh, free soul, free in Christ. And so now I'm like, now it's going to go back to actually rescuing people and you're setting people free from slavery. So it's like, I feel like it all intertwines. So I'm going a little deep and poetic like you. I practiced that a, a thousand times before it came out that smooth. He knew how smooth he was. <laughs> He got me all in the jaw dropped to the ground. <laughs> like, every, time, every time we're driving together now, he's going to want me to repeat it to him. <laughs> yeah, little Caesar's going to sing to me. You're going to speak poetry to me either way. I'm going to be serenaded and, and relaxed. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and that's, you know, and that's one thing that in life is to give back and yes. be able to give back in that format. And it connects with with every piece of your company your product what you've done yeah your whole life is just unbelievable unbelievable congratulations thank you wishing you all the success and you're gonna have massive success i'll tell you that massive you. massive <laughs> seriously like it's not i'm again, serious it's what you Look, put into it and you put so much into it you're not gonna you're gonna get so much in return i will tell you if you would i mean i'm very you know i'm very straight up okay you know? i don't sugarcoat <laughs> You know, I don't tell anybody, like, if I hear your story and I'm like, yeah, you still got a lot of missing pieces. (laughs) (laughs) Those don't make the podcast. They don't even get interviewed. It's like the bloopers. (laughs) (laughs) No, but being honest and truthful, um, Uh you you have all the pieces. You already paved the wave. You already paid the price. Now you're all putting them all together. And one of the things that's going to happen, watch, in two years, three years, when this thing's evolving, um, it's going to be much easier for you to be able to add more pieces to it mm-hmm. and just see it grow and grow. And that's just, and that's when you can't stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I'm excited. That's how it works. I'm excited that's for that. Yeah. Well, you should be. I know. And I'm, I know entrepreneurs are sometimes like, yeah, make it happen. Put it in the universe. I don't know what people say, you know, but, um, what's it called? <laughs> You, know, I mean, you gotta put it out there. You gotta put it out there. I'm not saying you say that. I do kind of uh, not in those words, but I do say things like there's that. There's a difference between motivation, motivational talk, and you know it's great, but motivation can only get you so far. Yeah, I need to discipline. Discipline, personal experience. Yeah. Execution, execution. man. Like, no matter how tired you are, you know what I mean. Like, oh no, for you, gosh, I'm talking so about tired. no matter how tired, like I respect her so much. Like all week she's like, 
I mean, forget like the stuff at home that she has to take care of, like kids and all that. But I'm talking about like just like she training all day long, then she works on this till three a.m. You know, and so like how how can you not how can you not how can somebody not succeed when they put that type of effort forth? Like seriously, oh, there's no goodness. there's no way that you're gonna fail. There's yeah. seriously no way. That and and you said right now discipline most and you being a personal trainer, you see the lack of discipline of many. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So when when you start something so wonderful like your project, mm-hmm. um, and you know discipline, you understand it, you're aware of it. Mm-hmm. Like Joe said, you're not gonna fail. You're gonna succeed mm-hmm. because you have that. You understand that you're aware. Most people get ex- and and you can relate to this is your clients will get excited day one. Oh my gosh! You yeah. work them out day two. They don't work hard as hard, and then by the tenth day, they never come back. Yeah. You know, that's the people that always starts but never finish. Mm -hmm. And that's the first thing I tell people. Like, I'm like, okay, you're coming to me. And because I've been doing this so long, I used to be way nicer when I was, when I first became a trainer. I was like, man, I was like a really nice person. And I was like, now I'm like, not nice at all. And it's because I'm just reality. And I tell people, I'm like, you're here. I was like, you have a, you have a goal, right? And I was like, you're not going to get there unless you put in the work. I was like, I don't have a magic wand. You didn't hire me. I'm not going to swing it around you and you're going to get in shape. You know, I'm like, it's going to be hard work. It's going to be discipline. And I tell them always this, like it starts here. And I'm pointing at my forehead for you guys to see in the mind. And I was like, it's a mindset and a discipline and it's going to be consistency. I always tell him like, I have a girl that I just started last week and she's only 25 and, um, pretty girl. She was a cheerleader in high school. She hasn't worked out since high school. And so, um, she goes, I can't even lift up grocery bags during our consultation. And I was like, you can't lift grocery bags. Like, She's exaggerating in my head, you know? So we, I started working around and I was like, Oh my gosh, like she can't lift a five pound weight. I promise you. And this is like, and I've it's had like people <laughs> like Rochelle, like she's got the five pounder. She's like, Ehh. yeah. And so, so the podcast because she came on in and out. Yeah, and I and and my girl, if you're gonna listen to this podcast, okay, she knows who she is. But I love her to, you know, and it's not like that. But I just, I was like, I said, thank God you're here. I'm all because you're only gonna deteriorate as you like, you know. I'm all, you're only 25 years old. She was like, and she, her body is very, very, very weak. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the thing. So there's different walks of life that people come to to get in shape, and so. It's that's the first thing I tell him. And I, I was telling her the other day, I'm all the only way that we're going to get through this is like to build you up your strength is consistency. I go right now. I'm not even trying to make you look like washboard abs and all this stuff like that. I go, we need to condition your body. I go, and this is going to take time. I go, who's your way unconditioned. And so I just tell him from the forefront, like, and I go, and if you're going to stop this, if you're not going to keep coming, I go, you're, you're not going to get to where you want to be. And I was yeah. like, so it's going to, it's going to be a little bit slower process. I go, because your body is this way. I go, but consistency is the key. That's all I ever tell people sure. and discipline. That's it. And you're, sh- and you're, and, and you, and that's what you're showing through everything you do. Consistency. That's why you've been mm-hmm. able to accomplish and you will a- accomplish anything you set yourself because you understand consistency. Mm-hmm. There's a quote that says consistency beats talent. Mm-hmm. And, and truthfully, it does. You could be the most talented Every person. Time. And you run into somebody that's consistent, he'll, he'll kick your ass. Every yeah. single time. Yeah. Because like in, cause most talented people, right, they're kind of lazy at the end yeah. of the day. You know, compared to, you know, compared to, I don't know, people that work hard. But, <laughs> I mean, for lack of a better phrase. I mean, that's, and that's what they always say. You know, if, um, I always tell my kids, you know, if you're not consistent, there's going to be somebody more consistent than you think. Yes. Yeah. And that's why I always say it. It's just, that's how life works. The consistent mm-hmm. ones will always win. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why when I was talking to Joey and he was saying about 
he had to go to hitting lessons and like how he played pro baseball in my head i was like why would you need hitting lessons because i you just think everybody who plays pro baseball is just like That's they true. were just a natural you know but it's like you obviously had to put in the work and you had to do all these things to get to that area and you you said your parents drove you i don't know where to santa was. maria yeah. yeah that was a crazy day by the way that was crazy how like not that not the, all that part but the, but, um, the, the anyways, baseball part that, you went to hitting yeah. lessons growing up yeah. and, <laughs> and santa maria man i used to go out there well i told you i think right a few times that i told her told her told him the story about like how i was talking to you about that guy doug and like i hadn't seen him in 15 years and then i see him that day like 30 minutes after I talked to you about yeah. it, you know, so it was kind of weird. Law of attraction. Yeah, so, put, it, put it out in the universe. <laughs> what do you want to do? Let's put things in the universe, ready, guys? <laughs> it works. Too. I'm telling you, You're 100%, that works. No, prayer works. Well, that's, that's, okay. a, that's a, that is, it prayer. all works together. Prayer. It's all, it's all the same thing. So when you put things out to the universe, God is the universe. <laughs> Seriously. And I'm not like, it's not like okay, a, yoga. Yoda. Yoga. <laughs> Yoga. Yoda. <laughs> so, no, but it's the same. It's the same because God is, you know, all knowing, omniscient, uh, you know, He's everything and everybody, right? He is the universe. So you put it out to the universe. Back to, to God. <laughs> no, no, that no, was no, my man. piece. I'm it's, done. It's I'm done now. She's You're over. a poet too, man. You want to No, nobody's, trying, nobody's tearing good. up. She's laughing. Not. <laughs> you're not you're not very poetic here <laughs> caesar please speak to me so, <laughs> so let's Damn. let's let's wrap it up let's talk so what what do you want not what do you want let me rephrase so your company anybody that wants to buy your product again this is this uh share your social media platforms or everybody your website um get everybody going out there um liking your fan page Mm-hmm. ordering product i got to order in already i'll be rocking your gear yeah um you know and anything that we could i could do to help definitely whatever message you want all the listeners to get from your product any advice you want to give them for anybody that's trying to be an entrepreneur that might be stuck any advice you want to share with them the mic is all yours okay um well first of all i would just say like if anybody could talk to relate to anybody, it could be me. Cause I'm like a mom. I have three kids and I know how hard it is. Like I really, really know how hard it is. And I know sometimes how easy it is to give up and how, and I've been in places where I was stuck. Like people probably listening to me right now and be like, Oh my gosh, like you're like, you're going to be successful. You know, the, the art of discipline, you know, consistency, like, yes, I learned all that, but it was through like the school of hard knocks because there was times where I did like, I was just like, I can't, I can't right now. Like, you know, when you have a little baby, you have a newborn and you have toddlers everywhere and it's just like, you're done for, you know what I'm saying? And there was a part where I walked away from personal training for a little bit because I literally couldn't like handle the schedule anymore because I I had little kids everywhere and I worked in the office with my client for a little bit. And so I've been through so many different things. So, so many different avenues. So if somebody were to come to me and be like, for me to give them advice, they'd be like, I just feel like I I can't do it right now. I'd be like, dude, I totally understand because I've been there and it's okay. It's okay. But the thing is, is to get out of there and to just, and just start, wake up and just start, you know, like whatever it is, like be like, okay, take the first step and whatever you have to do. So, and that's the first thing, like I'll go back to personal training. Like I tell people like the first step, like when somebody does a phone consultation to me or they, they DM me and I'll be like, I don't even let them do phone consultations right now. I'm having to because of the stupid quarantine, but with stupid, <laughs> <laughs> it is, it I is, mean, she just said it. We're all thinking it, but she said it. It yeah. is, it is stupid. Sorry. But, <laughs> but, um, so 
before this, I wouldn't even do phone consultations. I would tell people like, I wouldn't take deposits, Caesar, but I would tell people like, okay, let's set up a consultation and I would make them come in person. So if nobody, if they didn't show up in person, I knew they weren't serious because I was, I would make them subconsciously take the first step without me even telling them, oh, you have to take the first step or blah, blah, blah. Like, I didn't even say that anymore. I was just like, action is going to speak louder than the words. So when they wouldn't, they'd be like, oh, they cancel on their first session. I'd be like, okay, this person isn't serious. You know what I'm saying? And then I would schedule them for a second one. And they'd be like, so until they came in, then I knew they were going to get started. You know what I'm saying? So it's like just putting those things out there. So um, well, I'm, I don't know. I'm going off on a tangent. I'm sorry. I always do this. But yeah, great. Yeah, <laughs> those great. are perfect. Tangents are the best. You know, one of the things I want to add to that is that, and everybody that has worked with me, I test people's character. Mm-hmm. You're testing people's own character. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, it's very easier to identify who you want to work with, yeah, and who's willing to put in the work, yeah. So you know what you just did is, um, I identify as testing people's character because character is what exposes you, yeah. You know your actions, and it's all in your character, yeah. So you know, and and everybody, has, anybody that's listening, if you want to become an entrepreneur, you want to become a person of success, of value, um, you got to make sure you're looking at your character. Yes. If if your character's off or your character sucks, many m- most people out there that are entrepreneurs and successful will not take you serious. No. They'll, they'll, they'll put you on the side burner mm-hmm. because your character sucks. Yeah. And and those are the people who who I feel like are super successful and who are relatable. And like I said, the one guy that I really like, Miguel, the owner, the CEO of SoftMade, he has a lot of gyms. Um, he... He's been, he was homeless. He, he was an alcoholic. He did drugs. And so like his backstory is what pulled me, what drew me to him. Like, you know, and he's like this tatted up dude. He's all blah. And so he could come off like looking like, oh, it's just like a muscle meathead. You know what I'm saying? But his character is so deep, you know? So like when you read his story, you hear his story, you're like, dude, he's been through the ringer. And so he's, he's fearless almost because he's been through like jail and, you know, like crazy his dad left him like his story's crazy. He was homeless, you know, so he's like, he really is like, I'm just going to go balls out like when he does stuff, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, those are the people who do things in life because they've been through the ringer, you know what I'm saying? And so sometimes I feel like, not that I was homeless or stuff like that, but like you went through that, you know what I'm saying? You're talking about that. So it's like, you, you just, just, I'm saying coming from like my parents, I had to hustle my way into whatever I had to do. You just do it. Yeah, and, and the consistency. That's what it is. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. We're like Nike. Some, I feel like somebody said that before. <laughs> and just just FYI, my tattoo artist tattoos um, the gentleman. What's he doing tattoo. tomorrow? Oh. Your tattoo artist. I don't know. Is he busy? I, I want to go get a tattoo. So my tattoo artist tattoos. Um, Miguel? Yeah. Yeah. He actually wanted to connect with me because we always talk. He's actually going to be on my podcast soon too, my, two ta- my tattoo artist. And he tattoos him. He's like, I want to connect you with him. He's a cool guy because he knows him personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's cool. So, I love tattoos. Oh. I will, I'll go get a tattoo with you. Cool. <laughs> I, I, I actually want to bring him here. Uh, he's out in, uh, he's from Melrose. He's out in LA. Get us out tattoo. Yeah, we'll have a garage we'll party. Get, we'll all get sleeves. We'll all get sleeves. Well, I mean, I'm pretty much done. You are? You want to get to sleep? I would. I was just telling her, like, this is probably the best time. The main reason I don't get tattoos is because they're so time-consuming. You just yeah. lay there and well, get tattooed. Well, I understand that, but, like, in when we're, like, in normal life again, like, I don't have that type of time. So, yeah. now we do. Yeah, I'll hit him up. I'll hit him up. I'll go full body right now. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him to go get some ink. I'm, I'm just going to get something small, but I want one. Yeah, I'll hit him up. <laughs> 
So <laughs> this, so now for your your clothing line, um, where could they find you? Where could they buy your product? Um, and then once once this goes live, we'll be able to exposing on our platforms, sharing it with you guys, so you guys will be able to ask also. Go ahead and tell the listeners where they can find you. Okay, so um, at Free Soul Fitness for Instagram is at F-R-E-E-S-O-U-L-F-T-N-S. And then my personal is at Delilah D's. So it's at D-E-L-A-L-A. I mean, D-E-L-I-L-A, D-E-E-Z, right? <laughs> I was like, these are how to pronounce platforms. <laughs> and then, like, we um, we did create a YouTube channel, and so I only have a few videos up, so I'm going to start sure. posting videos to that one, too, and that's the Free Soul Fitness YouTube channel. And we created a Twitter. I don't, I have, I don't even how know how to use it yet. I'm going back to that. So the glory one <laughs> is the website. So... Um, www.freesoulfitnessstore.com and fitness is spelled F-T-N-S. And if anybody wants to hire you for, for fitness consultation, mm-hmm. just hit you up on IG? Yes, on my IG, they can DM me and they can also, um, on the website too, we, we put a tab where they can book now on the website as well. Cool. Yeah, so there's a lot of, there's all the, I don't even know all the platforms yet. I'm still learning this, you guys. That's good. <laughs> I just and, know and the website. <laughs> You know, one of the things is that I wanted to let you know that that's what makes this great. Okay. Because most people think that just because you're here, you already have it all figured out. No. So I want, and that's the reason I do this podcast, because Uh I want people to know that we're normal human beings. Yeah. We don't have it all figured out. We're in the process. Yeah. It's okay. Because most people think like, well, if I don't have it together, people are not going to follow me or people are not going to buy from me or people don't want to support me. No, they're going to support you more because you're relatable. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, you know, and that's the biggest thing. Like I was telling you guys how social media, I was always like against it. And so like, I don't have this crazy huge following. And plus I don't like, I'm not freaking like a naked girl on Instagram because I don't believe in that either. So I was like, well, maybe if I just posted these kind of pictures that I would get a huge following. I was, but I'm not going to sell out to that. And then I was like, well, maybe if I did this, you know what I'm saying? Like you think you have to like, that's the kind of following you want. But I'm like, you know what? It doesn't. So I don't have this huge following. And I thought like, okay, well, like people are not going to, people are not going to take me seriously because I I feel like as soon as someone goes on your Instagram, they look at how many followers you have. But I'm like, that doesn't even matter. That goes back to what we were talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's growing, it's evolving, and it's going to grow how big God wants it to be. You know what I'm saying? So that's it. That's all that matters. Yeah. You got anything? It was no, a great no, podcast. I'm, I'm this, this, this thing's, it was great. No, I'm oh. super excited. No, I mean, there's, like I said, there's no way this is going to fail. You keep doing, you know, going the direction you're going and putting the work in that you put in. You know, you take pride in what you do. Like I, anything I've ever put effort into has always succeeded because you always find a way always yeah, you know even if something doesn't work you find some other way you know and yeah. that's that's just part of the learning process and i think uh you know i think you got to dialed in i don't i don't expect this to to fail at all you know? and, and and one of the things is you're in the end you're in the end you're in the fitness industry mm-hmm. so there's so many people out there that know you yeah and just that alone is a huge advantage over me uh-huh. And I'll tell you why, because I'm not in, in the fitness arena. Yeah. So for me to be able to come out with a product like that, to be able to launch it, um, it'll be much harder. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things is leverage and, and you know, to, to add to what you're already doing, just make a list of your top 25 uh, networks, friends in the fitness world mm-hmm. and get them all together, do a launch event and and have them post on other platforms at the same time yeah and now you're gonna have a tremendous amount of leverage yeah 
yeah. and exposure in one setting. Yeah. And if you want, we can launch this podcast at that event when you set it up and we're all there. We could do it through a Zoom. We just all got to stand six feet apart from each other. We could do it through a Zoom. No, we're not. I'm going to hug everybody. Okay. So <laughs> I'm not going to be six feet I'm, apart. I'm just sharing that with you because that's one thing I learned in business, how to be able to launch something. Yeah, I'm so down to do that. Efficient yeah. Because people that already respect you, trust you, and have yeah. rapport with you yeah. will say, I'm in. Mm-hmm. So now you have this big launch party. You have 50 people. They all have a thousand followers. That's fifty thousand people exposed with your product. And yeah, whatnot. yeah. And that's how you launch it. All right, let's do it. So, with that said, I want to say thank you guys so much for joining me tonight. Thank you guys for tuning in to uh, the Gut Check with Caesar Gomez, and wishing you guys a great, great rest of your day. And thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. This was like awesome. I was so nervous, but. It was so cool. Easy peasy. Yeah, easy peasy. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you guys too for having me too. Thank (laughs) Thank you guys for joining us. This is the gut check with Cesar Gomez. Stay tuned for more gut checks, more episodes. And if you got value through any of our episodes, feel free to share them with your friends, colleagues, other entrepreneurs, anybody out there that's just trying to better their life. See you guys soon.